Let's talk about bats, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, now I have to change the title. <laughs> Let's talk about bats. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm sleepy. So we're sleepy podcasting today. Why would you be sleepy? Because it's 11.53 in the evening, and I've been up since before 6 o'clock. Why did you do that? That sounds ridiculous. Because, as I've said a million times, Cassie, (laughs) I have a job. (laughs) Again, I say, why would you do that? That sounds ridiculous. (laughs) Some jobs require you to be up early in the morning. Right, Thursday? You tell her. Thursday... Our little foster puppy just came home today after getting spayed. It's true. Yeah. It's true, and all the adult dogs don't want to be near her. (laughs) Except for Poppy. He just left. I know. He just got up off my lap where he's been for an hour (laughs) because the puppy came. He said, fuck you. (laughs) So we're trying a new method of podcasting today because the the kitchen table is uncomfortable. Let's be real. I, I think you mean our studio. Our podcasting studio. At our kitchen table, which we've mentioned before <laughs> numerous times. It's just not the comfiest for podcasting. Yeah. And it's usually fine if we're going to start recording anytime before 11. Like, yeah. we're still awake enough. Yeah. But we had we decided to venture to our local county fair and eat some foods. And then it was late and nap. But we have an episode to record so this is episode eight of CritterCast. CritterCast, welcome to CritterCast podcast episode eight if this is the first time you're tuning in welcome thanks for listening to us they probably came because of my great title pun which is check out these batastic facts oh not a good one i'm pretty tired maybe it'll sound funnier in the morning whatever fantastic like fantastic. Yeah. None of the other words worked well with bat. No. I was like, you know, you know, bat amazing, that doesn't work. No. <laughs> at all. Um splendaphorous. Yeah. No. Batsinating. It all like batsinating kind of works. But it's like that it just didn't these batsinating back facts. Whoa. No, see exactly. Whoa. We're not talking about backs. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about bats. Creatures of the night. Excuse me, critters of the night. Right. Because everything has to be a critter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're talking about bats today because why not? Oh Oh my goodness. I'm Cassie. Wait, why are we saying our names all of a sudden? Because we're introducing ourselves in case we have new listeners. We never do that. That's weird. Let's try it again. Ready? Hi, I'm Cassie. And I don't believe in reintroducing ourselves during episode nine. Wow. If you want to know who we are, go back to episode this one. Is episode eight. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are, this won't be our first nocturnal animal, but it is our first in a while. Yeah. Well, I guess corn snakes are kind of nocturnal. Well, we talked I mean, about them as being crepuscular. So, yeah, exactly. So, but and we don't talk about the, the, the day or night activities of most of our animals because a lot of them have been common sense like yeah. you know what they are but well and this again is not a podcast for kids yeah so like we're assuming a, a level of like familiarity well with the world. you're all adults so you've all right. read the book stella luna all of you yeah cassie 
I have How do you seen it in the bookstore? Oh my god. I'm pretty sure it's adorable. All of everybody has to read Stella Luna. It's a requirement. It's a kid's book though, right? It's my favorite children's book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So by the time you've gotten to adult age, I feel everyone should have read I it at some point in their life. It came out too late for me, but also too late for my younger brother. Hmm. So You're making me feel young and inexperienced and usually I say the opposite of that. You know, usually when people do things and you're like, oh, that makes me feel so old. <laughs> I kind of, I hang out with a lot of, like, adultier adults than me. So yeah. then I, I sometimes just sit there like, if I say something about how I don't understand right. that reference, are they going to feel like I'm saying they're old? Or is it just going to make me sound really inexperienced and dumb? Neither. Sure. You should read it. It's a good book. I don't think it's just for children. I clearly have to read it now. It's a very, I, it's... Like a sweet story, but it's also really educational. Like that disguised in a story, I think it's really fun. Yeah. But Stella Luna was my first um, kind of experience with someone trying to tell me about baths, and then um, and then I have more stories to share later. But basically, awesome. I said, "Oh, you know what? They look kind of weird, but these are really yeah. fascinating little critters. So yeah. let's delve into yeah. the world of bats. All right, freaking bats." I love Halloween. <laughs> you love Halloween. I don't. It's a vine. Oh I God. love Halloween. So now we have to call this uh, this episode "Frickin' Bats." Hashtag do it for the vine. <laughs> and also, let's talk about bats. I don't know. There's too many possible. <laughs> there's too many possible episode it's, titles. It's like the opposite of what you will discover. We. Well, also yeah. the opposite of what we tried to do in the Mola Mola episode. That's true. We had so many <laughs> There's problems. There's just so many puns. This is going to be fun. With bats. Yeah. So let's talk about what makes bats cool. I mean, everything about them, but give me specifics. I mean, this is what I think, too. I, I've never really understood people who were afraid of bats, because I always thought bats were just right? so cool. I mean, even the biggest bats are not, like, they're not really no. anything to be afraid of. Like, No. If people are afraid of bats, we should just share with them our owl episode. <laughs> they will <laughs> yeah, no longer be afraid of bats. <laughs> you think you have a flying thing to be afraid of? Bum, bum, bum. Lies. <laughs> you don't know fear. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so bats. They belong to their own order of mammals called chiropterans, chiropterans, which literally translates to hand wing because their, their hands their are the wings. wings. Yes, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's very literal. Well, except for that they also have like little hands at the end, like little fingers at the ends right, of their wings. Right. Well, and their bat wings include the same types of muscles and bones that our hands have. Yeah. So, so. all we would need would be webbing, webbing between our and fingers. Much bigger hands. Yeah. If uh, our hands were the whole size of our arms. Yeah. And were webbed. But then could you, Im- like, now all I can picture is that, like, the arm and then wings. And you'd have to, like, <laughs> fold your arm in order to move. Yeah. Okay. It would make that really difficult. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's see. Bats are, they are mammals. I said that, but I said it quickly, so I'm going to just reiterate that. They're mammals. Sometimes people think that bats are, like, related to rodents, but they're, like, flying rodents, like flying mouse or flying rats or things like that. Yeah. No, not even slightly. Yeah. Not but they are, I mean, bit. but rodents are mammals, too. So yeah, they're but all they're part not of that in same, the same family. family. I don't, honestly, I think more people out there are probably like, yeah, birds. And then they have to think uh, about it for a second, and then right. they're like, meh, mammals? mammals? Like, yeah. yeah. I, 
when you yeah, when, when you say bats are mammals, everybody would go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like when you, if somebody were to say, what is a bat? You might have to stop <laughs> you a might moment. Be like, I don't, yeah. Ask yourself right now, yeah. dear listener, what is a bat? Right? <laughs> they are very, like there's just nothing quite like a bat. No, there's really not. They're super unique. Yeah, that's why they have their own order. Yes. Uh, they're also the only mammals that can fly. Some other mammals can glide, but no other mammals can fly. Like now some I gotta sorts think about of like that. squirrels can glide in the air, but Sugar they're just gliders. catching wind. Exactly. They're not actually like Right, right. Flying. Like they can't just like take off no. and and fly. No. And like lemurs can leap and right. sail through, but right. again, like there's no flying motion yeah. there. And everything else that flies is a bird. Yeah. I know, mm. crazy, huh? Well, there's that one fish that kind of flies. Yeah. Ish. Ish. And, oh, and insects. Duh. Oh, well, duh. Yeah, no, oh, correct man. though. <laughs> I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so they're also, they're also the only, well, among the only mammal that's known to feed on blood. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. It's like, only one kind of bat. Well, it's three. Okay, one grouping of yes. bats. Yeah, so vampire bats uh, do not suck blood. Instead, what they do is they lick up the blood that is already bleeding. So they don't, like, bite into you and create gushing blood streams. I mean, they do bite so that blood starts coming out. No, they lick it up. And then they lick. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they got bite a little bit. And I mean, have, they're not like biting major arteries, right? No, but they got bite a little bit. Then mm. they're just lapping it up. They're not sucking. Yes, it's it's fine. True, but it's, they're not going to go around and just find an animal that has like an open wound already and be like, "Excuse me, I'll take this stale, clotting blood." Nah, no, you need fresh, fresh, warm blood. Exactly. Well, they have this <laughs> anticoagulating agent that can keep that blood flowing nice and fresh. So if you if they were going to kill you, it would yeah. be a very slow death. Oh, so slow. <laughs> um, so they do have some myths about bats that are a little bit negative, right? Like the whole, like, they're creatures of the night. Yes, I mean, they are. They're nocturnal. And they eat blood. We should probably stop trying to debunk myths because we're not really getting anywhere with that. Because every time we try no, to debunk do. one, we go, oh, but... Then, but they but actually then, do. Yeah. yeah. So okay, but instead, let's just talk about how cool they are. They're so cool. And here's the thing. They're actually super helpful for us. They're, like, super helpful because they, um, the majority of bats eat either fruits or insects. True. And that's a huge help in keeping the insect population down, which helps keep diseases down, helps agriculture, helps keep crops alive, helps keep animals alive. Mm -hmm. So where would we be without bats? Yeah. Uh, There are more than 900 species of bats in the world. 900. Some people say that there might be as many as 1,200. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Okay, also, interesting and something that I did not realize beforehand, bats make up between a quarter to a fifth of the mammals in, on Earth. Like, the entire man, mammal population. A quarter to a f- fifth of it is bats. That's, I feel like that's a big discrepancy. That's 20 to 25%. 
I hate percentages. Because <laughs> one-fifth seems like a small amount, but one-fourth, you're like, that's a whole quarter. Right. Like, it just... <laughs> it's like, it doesn't seem that different when you say it in percentages. But then also, like, one-quarter sounds like a huge amount. It does. But, like, 25% doesn't necessarily sound like that much. Perception. Whoa. It's all about perception. This is actually a podcast episode <laughs> about perception, false perceptions about bats, and also why do things sound weird when you say them differently? <laughs> Regardless, the the data does not lie. No. It is it is a large it's a, portion. It's a lot. Yeah. A large portion of, yeah. of mammals. And you really would think that domesticated mm-hmm. animals that we right. have overbred, right. like cats maybe, would yeah. make up a larger chunk. But To be fair, there are not 900 species of cats. Right. Or arguably 1,200. Cat colonies are also much smaller than bat colonies. True. Because, like, you know, you see a cat colony, you're like, wow, 20 cats, that's a huge colony. Right. But you, like, walk into a cave, and there's, like, hundreds of bats. Or 20,000. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I like bats. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not scared of bats. I never really have been. But, like... A swarm of bats? That's a Intimidating. Lot. Absolutely. And also the opening scene for Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? There, there's no bat pun built in there. No. Man. Just Scooby-Doo shout-outs. Bat screeches. Bats. That's bat-rageous. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm trying. Iffy. I'm keeping it real. Keeping it 100 here. Okay, so bats are divided into two main types. Either megabats or microbats. Megabats. Is megabats a Uh new term? Out of curiosity. Like a newish term? Mm -hmm. Oh, because when I was in school, they taught us micro and macro. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. No, the the bats used to be, uh, the megabats used to be called, or actually still are called, the megachiroptera suborder. Mega Chiroptera. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's the, the really big ones, obviously. And it includes flying foxes and the old world fruit bats. They tend to be larger than microbats, but not necessarily. Some microbats are technically larger than megabats. Um, one of the things that helps divide them is that megabats usually eat fruits and microbats generally eat insects. Isn't that like. Uh, to ease your mind, if you are somebody that's wary, generally, yeah. of bats, yeah. the generally smaller ones, yep. not always, but the ones that are usually smaller, yeah. and when we say small, right. there are some bats that are teeny tiny. Oh my god, yeah. Um, those are the ones that are that would right. eat something other than plant-based material. Those are the, yeah. Those but And the even then, ones. it's insects. So, like, I mean, if you're not scared of a gecko, you probably shouldn't be scared of a little bat. Yeah, not your, like, random everyday bat. Especially yeah. not in, like, North America or Europe. Yeah, yeah. We have very normal species Super of bats around bats. here, okay? But then the big, big bats, the ones that you might be a little worried about like if you saw foxes, it, are like actually tall. totally herbivores yeah. and, like, the cutest, let's be real. So bats live all over the world except for on some islands that they just haven't migrated to. Um, and they don't live in the Arctic or on Antarctica. 
mostly they prefer warmer areas. They're not really equipped to deal with it. You know what we need to talk about next in our next episode? Something that lives Lives in Right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's just no, there's there's no love. Every time we're like, For animals at the South Pole. (laughs) I mean, I keep trying to push for the fact that maybe there are these creatures that exist at the South Pole that we just haven't discovered. We did talk about sloths. Ancient laws that lived in Antarctica. So I know, but that doesn't count. We have hit all the yeah. continents. Next time, we're just going to go ahead and and delve into the South Pole. But okay. sounds good. Until then, no bats at the South Pole. No, no bats. Mostly, they stick to um, like kind of around the equator, uh, rainforests, mountains, farmlands, wooded areas, cities, etc. They do have two strategies for dealing with really cold or inclement weather. One of the strategies is that some bats migrate to warmer areas. Fair. Um, and others go into torpor, which is a type of hibernation. Um, so when they're in this state, they reduce their metabolic rate, they lower their body temperature, they slow their be- their breathing and their heart rate. So mm-hmm. they're able to use less energy, mm-hmm. retain their warmth a little bit more, and make it through colder times. Yeah, you know what other creatures do that? What other cr- and these are creatures and not critters. I don't know. What other Hamsters. Creatures? What? Yep. Many types of hamsters can go into that kind of hibernation. So, you know, just to plant a little seed of worry in the minds of anybody who ever had a right. hamster they thought was dead and they buried it. Did oh. you double check? Oh, shit. Because they can slow their heart rates down and cool down their bodies. <laughs> yes, I learned that with my college degree. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Did you know that one of the smallest bats in the U.S., the Canyon Bat, Canyon Bat mm-hmm. um, has a wingspan of just 7 to 9 inches, and it weighs only 0.1 to 0.2 ounces. It's about the weight of a nickel. She's holding so I always find, like, wingspans to be just, like, a deceiving. Super deceiving. So deceiving. Yes. Because you think 7 to 9 inches, like, that's bigger than a leopard gecko. Right. Or about the size of a leopard gecko. Yeah. And... Like, that's a, you know, decent-sized animal. It's small, but yeah. it's not, like, tiny. But wingspans are going to be so much bigger than the body than of the, the animal. Bat. Yeah. Well, and... Of, like, it's, anything. It's only expanded when they're flying. Right. And, and with... Bats curl up when yeah. they're not flying. And with bats, less so than with birds, because birds basically have to spread, like, yeah. full out, and yeah. that's their wingspan. But bats have... You know, those hand wings right. are very different than the bones of a bird. Yeah. And so they can, like, only a little bit stretch out if they only need to go a little bit, or they can, like, stretch out to yeah. full. So you're almost never going to see them at that full seven no. to nine inches. So most of the time when you see a bat, yeah, like, up close and personal, it looks kind of like a frog. Yeah. Or a frog. Like yeah, it's a frog. got its body. It's got legs. And then it's got, like, little arms kind of curled up around it. And I was the thinking, majority of what you see is just, like, I mean, I was in the thinking, head. like, like they're in their built-in sleeping bags, you know? I mean, that too, but not all of them curl up with their wings around them. They only do that if they're hanging upside down and sleeping. Hmm. I feel like that's the only time I would ever see a bat up close. So, <laughs> I was going to save my personal stories till the end, but you want to hear a personal story? Just insert it. I'll I don't think it it's appropriate makes sense to... To go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So, when I was, like, seven... I was super big into Girl Scouts. Yeah. Go Girl Scouts. Woo! I went to the Girl Scout Jamboree. It was, like, our first overnight camping trip, and I was super excited. 
I think my mom came with me. Yeah. I don't 100% remember. I don't think so. The other night you said, my mom sent me to sleepaway camp as soon as she could. <laughs> and this I- was just an overnight <laughs> thing. <laughs> and she had to help out with the troop a fair amount, so. <laughs> um, but the jamboree, so we were sleeping in cabins, and we had all, like, claimed which cabin we had. You know, and they were, like, cabins with, like, four sets of bunk beds with two bunk beds each. And so, me I and mean, I've seen them in movies, so yeah. you know, continue. I never went to a camp like that, so yeah. So, um, so we went into the cabins, and I crawled up because I was like, I'm gonna sleep on the top bunk. Woo-hoo. So, I crawled up onto the top bunk, and they were these wooden beds. Mm-hmm. And I laid my sleeping bag out, mm-hmm. and there weren't, there weren't any mattresses or anything, it was just the wooden bed frames. I mean, you know, whatever. Not even, like, one of those plasticky mattresses? No, we were Girl Scouts. We didn't need that shit. Yes, you we did. We were hardcore. No. no. We were hardcore. Okay, sleeping on a wood plank, though, is very different than sleeping, like, on the ground. But, like, in our nice sleeping bags, it was fine. It was fine. But, so I rolled it out, and I looked down at the side, and there was this teeny, tiny little thing in the corner of my, like, wooden bed frame mm-hmm. bunk bed, and it looked like a frog. Mm-hmm. And I, like, kind of almost poked at it, but then I was like, I don't want to touch it in case it's, like, sick or hurt. Mm. And so I called for um, for my friend who is our Girl Scout troop leader's daughter, and I was like, can you go get your mom? Because I think this is, like, yeah. something. And it turned out it was a baby bat that had gotten separated from its mom. It was still alive. Mm-hmm. They were able to call, like, a bat rescue who mm-hmm. came and got it. Mm-hmm. And then my friend got accolades for saving a baby bat. Accolades. Like, she had an award ceremony where she got a thank you for saving this baby bat. And I was like, look, I'm going to take the high road. But also, bitch, so you maybe know next I time that bat. You walk down your bunk bed and go find well, your troop leader. making sure it was okay. Okay. But you didn't even know what it was. No, I figured it out. Like, after I looked at it a little bit this more This seems like an edited version of the story I mean, so that you fair, could talk about. <laughs> it was like 20-something years ago. Mm-hmm. How long? Seems uh, like. So it's been a long time. And I'll probably have to double check the. I also feel like my like mom. child Cassie wouldn't have been capable of being like I'm gonna take the high road. Oh no, I totally <laughs> did. But I remember telling my mom how frustrated I was, and my mom being like, "Cassie, yeah, <laughs> put on your big girl panties." And also, mm. <laughs> and deal with it. Whatever. It's okay to share the spotlight. That story did not go where I thought it was going to go. Really? Well, because when my mom was... It was also a sleeping bag bat story. Oh. But it was a very different type oh. of sleeping bag bat story. Oh. So the sleeping bag wasn't really relevant to your bat story. No, it was just that I was putting out the sleeping exactly. bag. Exactly. No. Was something in the sleeping well, bag. Well, my great aunt owns a ranch. Well, right. Was, you know, yeah. passed on because she was like 96 years old but Fair. she owned a ranch um out in rural california middle of nowhere we should go and find it. i mean my my aunt still owns it really yeah. let's go see there sometime well i our cousins are taking care of the property i don't know that the house has been kept up but either way okay. so um we they used to spend several weeks out of every summer and just throughout the year yeah. hanging out there and one of the nights, they convinced their mom to let them sleep outside, which was a miracle because my mom and her siblings riddled with allergies, oh. all kinds of allergies. Oh. So they should not have been allowed to sleep outside. Oh. But also, you know, like, 
little ranch house versus outside. What was right. the difference? <laughs> like, right, right, not right. a big. There's so she let them boundaries. sleep outside um, and in their sleeping bags under a tree. And yeah. when my mom woke up, something was snuggling in her sleeping bag <gasps> with her. With her? Yes. At the bottom of her sleeping she bag. Was so warm. And she thought that it was her stuffed animal that she'd brought to bed, so she just like cuddled it for a while <laughs> until it moved. And then she kind of freaked out, jumped out of the sleeping bag, and then the bat freaked out and flopped around in the sleeping bag for a while before it was able to release itself and fly away. So we don't know what kind of bat it was, but it was certainly not a micro bat. Yeah. (laughs) It was definitely of the mega bat variety. Or perhaps it was just one of the larger micro bats. Probably one of the larger micro bats, because those are more common to the U.S. Either way, it, uh, so my mom snuggled a bat for a while, oh just kind of played footsies with it, had no idea what was up with what. So that's where I thought your story was going. No. I thought you'd snuggled a bat. No. Kept slept in close quarters with no, it. No, I just harbored that. Yeah. Basically, if you're going to sleep outside, sleep in a tent. Most bats sleep or roost in caves or cave-like places, such as bridges, mines, and attics. Yes, so my dog is a bat. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. They like to be cozy, okay, in dark, warm places. Yeah, exactly. That's why the bat found your mom's feet. <laughs> exactly. It's the warmest place to be. Mmm, tasty feet to cuddle up with and lick. They literally rue. Ugh. <laughs> a bat. Oh. So they have super high metabolisms because flying takes a ton of energy. It takes way more energy than walking or running. They eat a lot, which means that insect-eating ant, uh, bats can eat between one-third to one-half of their body weight in insects every night. I mean, when you think about those teeny tiny bats, that's not very many bugs. <laughs> no, but when you think about how many bats are in a colony... Yeah, it's a lot of bugs. That's a lot of bugs. So a single brown bat, which are the the big brown bat and the little brown bat are two of the most common types of bats in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And a single brown bat can catch around 1,200 mosquito-sized insects in one hour. So in a cave uh, in Texas, the Bracken Cave, it's estimated that the 20 million, 20 million Mexican free-tailed bats that live there eat about 200 tons of insects every night. I would like to live there. <laughs> I would like to live there where there are very few insects. But also, if they're eating that many insects, mm-hmm. how many are there to start? Tons. I changed my mind. I don't want to live there. Right. <laughs> well, we basically live in the same type of area because one of the best places to see bats, like in the entire U.S., is, is our area. Our area. Yes. And specifically the Yolo County Bypass. I thought we weren't talking about where we live. I'm so confused. Are we or aren't we al- allowed? Whatever. <laughs> so here's our address. <laughs> Come stop by anytime. Just Hang don't out. knock on the door. <laughs> Pet our dogs. <laughs> don't uh, be afraid. Only the tiny one will eat you. <laughs> only the little one bites. <laughs> and honestly, he'd just nip and lick up the blood. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a bat. <laughs> um, so bats. Good for us. Saving the world. Thank you, bats. Many insects at a time. (laughs) So many. (laughs) Can you even think of 200 tons of insects? I can't think of 200 tons of anything. Like, that's just... It's an imaginable amount. But for me, it's a very... That's a lot of rhinos. Yes. 
<laughs> it's a lot of rhinos, okay? <laughs> anyway, it's a lot. Um, I'm sure we all know that bats use echolocation to get around in the dark. I we I think we know, but we should just give like a quick blurb on what echolocation is for anybody that doesn't remember elementary yeah. school classes. Yeah. Um, so basically, they emit a sound, and then their ears, which are nice and big and curved, pick up where the sound is bumping off of, and then they can triangulate from there where the the insects that they're hence the are. phrase "blind as a bat." Although bats are not actually blind. They're not blind blind, but they, they do stuff in the dark. Exactly. And they don't have night vision. No. So, you know. So they needed a different <laughs> mechanism. I know. Why? But it's so interesting. Why did they evolve to, to develop this completely different sense instead right. of just evolving to have night, night vision? vision? Echolocation yeah. was cooler than night vision. I honestly cannot Are wait. they wrong, though? No. Like, echolocation is awesome. It's so smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool, yeah. and and I think blind humans should use echolocation. Totally, we should echolocate. So, you know, I have I like two best friends who are pretty much blind, and I think you're pretty useless because you can't echolocate. I would like to replace <laughs> my glasses with an echolocation kit, please. Yes. You just get those strap-on bat <laughs> yeah, ears. perfect. And, like, a, a whistle that is like a dog whistle, <laughs> but it just emits those specific frequencies. That sounds great. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Science. Okay, inventors, please help me. <laughs> Send it to our address. Yeah. You can find us. Yeah, now you know where we are. <laughs> Send it to the YOLO bypass. We'll pick it up there. We'll just drop by. Send it to the bats. <laughs> Written to the bats of YOLO County. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so that's, like, the background information that I wanted to share about all bats, but then I have some specific information about some interesting bat behavior and bat facts that I thought were really cool. Of one specific bat, I assume? Well, I'm going to get into one specific, but these are just, like, kind of more specific behavior information facts first that are mm-hmm. general. So bats have really unique mating behaviors. Mm-hmm. They, so they meet in hibernation sites that are called hibernacula, where they breed. They swarm around in huge numbers, chasing each other and performing spectacular aerobatics, according to biologist John Altringham. Yeah, just look up National Geographic bat yeah. mating. There's a lot of really cool videos it's out so there. It's so cool. And they're almost always on these, like, fancy black backgrounds. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. And it's theorized that probably female bats choose their mates by looking for the most agile males. Um, and during the swarming event, the breeding pairs will go off to secluded spots in the cave to mate in private. How private can it be, though? There's a lot of bats there. Yeah, but they're small, though. They can find it's little like crevices. little condos. It's like... Anyway. Oh, uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> yep. Anyway. It's less romantic that way. Yeah. That's eh, not a romantic thing. No. It's just for business. Although it kind of it is. It's kind of sweet. And, you know, sometimes they like to take care of business a little bit longer. So in order to prolong the mating, um, some types of bats will perform oral sex on their partners. Ew. <laughs> Rose. Specifically, female short-nosed fruit bats perform oral sex on their, their mates. 
and male Indian flying foxes do the same thing. Cassie, consider your audience here. I am your audience for this current moment, and I am not interested in that fact. You are one of, you were my immediate audience, but you are not all of my audiences. My intended audience are our listeners, who I'm sure are very interested in this information. I don't think they are. All right. Weigh in, y'all. Let us know. Are you so glad that I told you this information? Yes. I think yes. They mate in late summer and early autumn, and then the females store the male's sperm until the next spring, so they don't become impregnated yet. They're just storing the sperm. And then, and then a pregnant female will carry her young for a gestation period of 40 days to six months and then give birth to one pup. I'm sorry, repeat that again. Did yeah. you just say 40 days to six months? I did. Are we going here again? Yes. What is with this? I know, right? Is this a common theme? Now we're going to just have to pay specific attention yep. to this in future critters mm-hmm. because I want to know, is it humans in the minority that have very specific gestation periods? But the periods? thing is that humans also have pretty like widely divergent gestation periods. You can Not have. that crazy. No, no, not that crazy. And and there's like, there's a specific amount that you There's a specific time develop. period that you should it's aim true. for. It's now, true. not all not all human fetuses decide to adhere to Hashtag this. Hashtag not all fetuses. Plus, we don't have the science of figuring out conception right. down right. really well. Right. We don't have mating seasons. So right. we can't just be like, yeah, it definitely happened within this week. Yeah. Versus, you know, animals who we've bred, animals who watch breed, animals who can scientifically study their gestation periods. Yes. Uh, I just, I, I find it... Just, I'm mind-boggling. This is like the one fact I'm hung up on, and well, I can't we figure keep it out. Running into it, right? Yeah. Where you're like, you just quietly tried to slip that one in I there did. too. You were like, forty days to six months, like that's like a month and a half or six months. Yeah, that's insane. Yep. With humans, we're talking about like a range of four weeks. Yeah. Within an acceptable period, mm-hmm. and even then, again, doesn't account for well, when did you actually conceive? Right. I know. I know. Crazy. What the heck? Now is animals? that diverse? Now is that another one like geckos where that's diverse across? Yeah. Like so, some species may have shorter gestation yeah. periods, or is it like more individual? I mean, it, it depends on the species, but also within species, there's divergence. Because like too. those tiny bats can't possibly gestate for six months. Well, no. Yeah. No. They're just like there's there don't there's they no don't have room enough energy to carry. There's that no room around. for a baby no. for six mm-hmm. months. No. No. Interestingly, after the babies are born, Mm -hmm. the young bats drink milk from their mothers just like other mammals. Yeah. Now you have to sit there for a little while and try to picture bat nipples. (laughs) Come on. Do they have two? Do they have four? Do they have six? Do they they just have one because they only have one baby? They probably have two. I don't know. (laughs) So they, I mean, it's not surprising that they nurse. They're mammals. That's what mammals do. Yeah. It just makes you think about the nipples and that gets weird. Right? Because you're like, where are they? Now I need to go see a bat. Now I'm going to have to add that to my weird Google searches. Right? <laughs> Googling bat nipples. Our FBI agents, <laughs> <laughs> they're horrified. <laughs> okay, wait, first bat oral sex, and now bat nipples? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what are these dangerous criminals into? <laughs> oh. Just a heads up for those of you who haven't figured it out. This one is not kid-friendly, this episode. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So the mothers and the the babies stay in groups separated from the males, and the mothers all help take 
take care of the babies until they're old enough to care for themselves, but the moms stay with their babies. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like, mo- like, like most many mammals. mammals. Yeah. They're like, yes, this is my child, but also, like, help. Yeah. Please. It takes a village, okay? It takes Literally. a bad colony. Literally. Yes. Poppy, don't. Hey. Good girl. You want to come here? Do you want to come jump up? Do you want to go jump up with Karina? Go jump up. Are you awake? She's checked out. Yeah. Yeah. So the glassy eyes. Yep. Okay, so I did check out the conservation status, of course, because we talk about that every mm-hmm. episode. And it got us sad. Yeah. Many bat species around the world um, are threatened with extinction, and there's actually a really awful fungus that's going around in the U.S. right now that's threatening a lot of our native bats. Um yeah, I know. It's really sad. So the red list from the International Union for Conservation of Nature identifies more than 250 species as endangered, vulnerable, or near-threatened. So this fungus that I was talking about, it's called white-nose syndrome. It produces a white, powdery-looking fungus um, that coats the muzzles, the ears, and the wings of bats, and it basically like dooms them to death. So it's, it's really shitty. We don't have it very much over here in our part, but they've had it a lot in southern and uh, southeastern U.S. Come here. Come jump up. Come on. There's room. There's room, I promise. Come here. Okay, go up with Karina then. Which one? Mommy or Karina? Or are you going to vomit? Come here. Well, there's no, there's no winning because oh, fungus usually thrives in humid and moist yeah. environments versus yeah. us being bone dry and prone to fire. So there's yeah. there's really no winning right. one way or another. The <laughs> right. bats are in danger. Yeah, so that's really sad. Do we have tips on what we can do to help save bats? Because this is the one kind of thing where, you know, before we talked about, mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of steps you can take yeah. because um, these animals are endangered from loss of habitat mm-hmm. and from pollution. But, like, a so fungus... Well, there's theories that maybe the bats are more prone to catching this fungus because of pesticides. Mm, okay. And especially the bats that eat um, insects that have been, like, right exposed to these pesticides. So checking into what sorts of pesticides we're using is probably a really good step to do. Yeah. And, of course, habitat loss is a yeah. big one, too. But that's, that's always a thing. Yeah. If you love critters... You should care about their environment yep. and your environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think most of our listeners would already agree with that. I did do a little bit of detailed research on one megabat because, well, A, it's been in pop culture a lot recently, and B, it's either terrifying or really freaking cool, depending on how you look at it. Okay. I think it's really freaking cool. So it's called a hammerhead bat. It's a, um, a mega bat. It has a wingspan of over three feet. It does eat blood. It's native to uh, Africa, and in fact, it's easily the largest bat in Africa. And they have been known to attack livestock in order to drink their blood. Mm-hmm. They also um, are one of the suspects for spreading Ebola virus. Gross. I know. That's not cool. That's well, no, very that not, cool. not cool. But the other things about them are really cool. So imagine these big bats, right? 
and then mm-hmm. think of what you think their face would look like. I don't know. Well, with a name like Hammerhead, like yeah. they had to get that name somehow. Yeah. I don't think I want to know. They're also known as the horsehead bats because they literally have a face that looks like a horse, especially the males. Um, well, that makes no sense because horses don't look like hammers. I know. It's a little confusing. Right? I know. But just go with it. <laughs> so so the, the males have something called a rostrum. And it's a sexual dimorphism that's meant to help them attract mates um, because it allows their mating calls to have higher volume and resonance. And so they can... Big old chamber on their nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they can make a sound that rivals a car alarm, both in loudness and repetitiveness. I'm getting this, by the way, from a Cracked article, but I double-checked, and it's true. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So here's the particular thing about these. I'm going to post a picture onto our Instagram and onto our Facebook um, because I want you all to look, really look, at what this real, true animal looks like. And then I want you to consider the fact that in New Jersey, there's mythology about this cryptid called the Jersey Devil. So the Jersey Devil um, has been sighted for 250 years and like some of the most popular sightings were in 1909 and around that time Mm -hmm. it's described as a kangaroo like creature with the face of a horse the head of a dog bat like wings horns and a tail and people think that it lives in the pine barrens and the pinelands Mm -hmm. the marshy areas of southern New Jersey um while descriptions say that the Jersey Devil is much bigger than a hammerhead bat, and hammerhead bats are not native to America, they are native to, to North America or to Africa, it's mm-hmm. my suspicion that they might be one of the contributing factors for this mythology because it's totally possible that someone might have imported a hammerhead bat to that area that mm-hmm. got loose. Mm-hmm. And especially if it was being kept by a human, it might have been, you know, more willing to go and seek out other humans yeah. for help. Other humans? scared the shit out of people mm-hmm. by showing up in its three feet long glory. Right. And being like, hey, hey, you, hey, hey, I'm hungry. Help me out. Um, so the descriptions, the, the drawings that people have made based on those descriptions, they look exactly like hammerhead bats. So it's my argument that hammerhead bats are a contributing factor to what has become... that seems a little far-fetched. I mean, I'm not saying that they're the only thing, but I think that's part of where that particular description of the hammerhead, or the horse head and the bat-like wings came from. That's what I got for us today. I'm done. (laughs) Do you got anything else? One more. Okay. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with Zabumafu, which is Habitable? like... Zabumafu. What? Oh, my God. What word okay. are you saying? So, Wildcrats, right? Okay. That's what our... Like, that's kind of yeah, our whole thing, right? right? That's what we do. After their show, Wildcrats is canceled, the Crap Brothers, they had a new show on PBS for kids. It was called Zabumafu. It's basically the same thing as Wildcrats. They feature animals. They talk about them. But they're... They're... 
what's the word I'm like? Their mascot uh-huh. was a ringtail lemur named Zabuafu. Oh, I so he started the show like but I remember the lemur. Zabuafu. It's a name. It's just it's sure. not a word. It's his name. He was a real lemur. He died recently. Be respectful. Oh. <laughs> anyway, that makes me sad. Um, so one of the things you know because it's a kids show they do some educational moments and then they always have like a segment where they're just doing something silly and they used to tell these terrible jokes sure they told this joke unlike our jokes yeah terrible jokes no we tell amazing jokes. yes okay not terrible they told this joke that said what do you get if you cross a dog a jeep and a bat the jersey devil a flying carpet what? A flying car pet. Oh. Right? Okay, it's awful. But wow. for some reason, I thought that was the funniest joke <laughs> in the whole world. And I kid you not, I told everybody that would listen to me for 30 seconds that joke for two years straight. Everybody. My teachers, my classmates, everybody in my family. And, like, my grandmother oh my thought I was the cutest thing. So she just kept making me tell it to everybody. Because she was like, oh, yeah, Karina knows this really good joke. She's so funny. She's such a good performer. Just to, to tell it, tell it, tell it. And, like, and I just, I was so proud as I had memorized this joke. Yeah. It's the only joke that, like, for my whole life, I've consistently remembered every single piece of. <laughs> and it's mostly because of the bat. Because, like, you sure. could, honestly, you could exchange in, like, anything for right. that. But, like, it sticks out because you're, like, a Jeep and a bat. It's just so specific. <laughs> and, like, that's dumb. That was not my best bat story. I mean, but like, I just, I want to say that I can, we can all see, I think, how how much evolution your sense of humor has gone through. Right? <laughs> but, like, that was the funniest thing to me <laughs> in my whole life. This stupid combination bat joke. And, like, mm. uh-huh. so, those are my bat stories. That's my, that's my bat life, my hashtag bat life. So I have a question for you. Yes. Do bats? It's an hour and thirteen. Love the booty. I think they love the feetsies more. Obviously. But <laughs> booties are warm, therefore yep. I rule. Hashtag bats love the booty. That's right. Absolutely. Obviously. That one's gonna be an easy hashtag. Hashtag bats with an S at the end. Yep. Love the B O O T Y booty. That's right. Yep. And as, you know, as always, and when in doubt, critters love the booty. Critters love the booty. I think we'll find, we we did not mention it with molemolas. It is a little bit harder. Well, because molemolas don't even have a booty. Oh, my God. So they're just jealous <laughs> yeah. of the booty. Yeah, so I use the hashtag because it is our, you know, it's our traditional hashtag. But, like, do they love the booty? We don't know. Do they, like, I don't know. Oh, molemolas. <laughs> I'm still waiting on those. I'm getting still waiting more. on those <laughs> those feelings from people nobody has submitted <laughs> comments or or any facts to try and sway my opinion. I'm I'm just getting more and more obsessed with mola molas. So we've decided. Well, the, actually, the next episode that you guys are hearing is already recorded. Magical, and oh it was gosh. not a midnight recording. Wow. So episode nine. Uh, check it out nine. next week. Episode 9 will be up and ready for you guys to listen to. And you guys, we're so on trend with episode 9. Yeah. So on trend. Should we yes. tell them what we're talking about in episode 9? Absolutely. Go for it. What are we talking about, Karina? You were going to... You just asked me if I you... I know. Should... I was setting you up. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
let me tell you about <laughs> alpacas. Yes. Right? Yes. We talk about our favorite camelids. Yeah. Both llamas and alpacas. Hands down. Our because favorite. while they are different. Yeah. You just can't really talk about one mm-hmm. without mentioning the other. We do focus a little bit more on alpacas. Um, just because, like, honestly, they seem a little bit cooler to me. But we'll, we'll get into the debate. Are you team alpaca or team llama? I don't know. Tune in next week to find out. Absolutely. And we had a wonderful guest host come and visit and dine on fine cheeses mm-hmm. and crackers and grapes and giant oranges. Mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> and fancy sodas. Yes. Um, and she was great to have, and you guys will really enjoy listening to her. Mm-hmm. We'll give her a shout-out um, when we start promoing that episode as well. And then next up after that is our big our big double digit. Oh, my gosh. Our big number 10. It's so exciting. So we really have to pick, like... Something really good. We have to pick something either really cool or we have to do one, like, you know, one that we know everyone's going to love. Yeah. But that's it on bats. Yeah. And then next week, it'll be lots on alpacas. Would you say it'll be a llama? <laughs> it's not. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Curses. Damn. Anyway, so tune in next week for a super exciting episode and... This week, please make sure that you rate and review and subscribe, especially on iTunes. That helps us out so much. Share, let people know about our amazing brilliance and comedic genius, which obviously, you know, is just astonishing and needs to be shared with the world. Um, Follow us on Facebook at CritterCast. Follow us on Instagram at CritterCast Podcast. And... Email us at CritterCastPodcast at gmail.com. And you can always find our website, CritterCastPodcast.com. Absolutely. I crashed hard. Yeah. I crashed hard. There's too many sleeping animals on me. Okay, go to bed. It's time to go to bed. What do you want to say to our listeners? We say, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile.